Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, here with Stephen. Hi, everyone. And we're joined by a special guest. He's joining us from all the way from L.A. He's actually running for mayor of L.A. for 2022. His name is uh, Luis de, de Barracua. Did I get that right? Very close. Uh, Luis de Barracua. Oh, I'm so sorry about that. And okay. so the floor is yours. Why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and about uh, how you became interested in politics and ultimately what your plan is for the city of Los Angeles? Yeah, well, well thank you very much. for. I know that you guys have done some, some recognized work on your podcast. And, I, you know, good journalism is very rare. And, and so I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to get to, get to know me because this is very, very, very nice of you to do this. So I appreciate it. So I grew up as a military kid, and um, my dad was a doctor in the military. I moved around most of my life, and I ended up in Los Angeles when I came to USC. And uh, I originally started as a political science major, and I became a creative writing major. And I've been in, in Los Angeles since 1991. And I've really experienced the city from the perspective of having been in so many other places around the world as a military kid, uh, specifically in Spain from 13 to 18 old. I lived during sort of Spain's golden era uh, when my dad was a doctor over there in the military. I was able to really see uh, Spanish culture at its peak in the 80s. So when I came to Los Angeles, the image in my mind of Los Angeles was uh, something that um, was way better than Madrid. It had to be way better than Madrid. So I've been here uh, 31 years now and, and the culture here, the, the lack of cohesion and the culture, and as I'm working, working many types of jobs in the last 22 years, having been uh, a school teacher, experiencing, you know, teaching all kinds of neighborhoods, from South Los Angeles to the most affluent neighborhoods, I've really seen how we have this generation of lost children, LA's most neglected neighborhoods, and I see how education has is really lacking and helping find people find their purposes and be able to fulfill on the promise of what education can do and so i i, I it's been a big i've been an observer for a long time before i decided to go into politics i never really thought i would ever do that it wasn't a dream of mine and i taught one of the things that i did teach uh, during my time teaching was filmmaking and that taught me a lot about the process and so i developed this sort of ethics about if you can film it then it's okay and so if you could film what goes on with the, the homeless now in Los Angeles, the journeys that they experience when you become homeless, basically you fall into a black hole or like an abyss and you go deeper and deeper and it gets darker and darker. So this homeless journey that people are on is, is it's just, it makes a bad situation even worse. And so we have people who are charging people for rent on spaces and sidewalks here in Los Angeles on Skid Row. Uh, we have all kinds of um, problems that are not being solved. And so uh, my my proposal as Los Angeles mayor is to use something that Plato talked about when he wrote The Republic. He talked about if there was a, a tool that could give every man his due and a tool that could create a transparency in the ledger system. In other words, me measure how the effectiveness of money and software around uh, uh, blockchain technology to create a narrative of how the energy that, the, in other words, money is used to solve problems, where it actually ends up dollar to, for dollar where it ends up, 
uh, telling that story now is possible using blockchain. So it really becomes about an homeless, the end of homelessness narrative, a credible narrative, a credible narrative that works. So the idea is to use blockchain in um, a political metaverse that I'm creating. It's called Optimistic. Optimistic is going to create a set of community rules and agreements, and we're going to develop a new culture, like that culture I experienced in Spain that was free and fun, and people talked to one another, and it was like the 80s. It was, it was like an amazing childhood, and I never witnessed that ever again, but I saw it, and I know what it looks like. And so that, that vision of Spain and that vision of cohesion where people can talk to one another, where people are friendly to one another, Right now in Los Angeles is one of the I've been going around getting these nominating petitions in my neighborhood here in Venice Beach. And you know, a lot of people are, they won't even talk to you. And, and and that's the type of community we live in Los Angeles, very broken community. And, uh, uh, and and there's a chance to address all of these cultural deficiencies that we're having in Los Angeles by recreating the way we end homelessness uh, with this with this incentive program we're gonna create for people to help out, help end homelessness, and to uh, um, to be incentivized to clean yourself up, provide the immediate needs for these people, like um, you know some, some basic spending, some basic uh, apparel, and then uh, uh, helping integrate them into a community and finding their path through a nine-step process. Um, we, I'm calling it the Yellow Bit Road. So uh, the, the hero's journey is nine steps. Joseph Campbell's nine steps. The hero's journey. We're going to use that is a template to create a narrative for every unhoused person to use their stories and their talents and their items that they make and upload them into a political metaverse. All that content is going to be a portal that goes into a metaverse of games, educational games, a whole world that we're going to create. It's mostly going to be used by young people, but everything that gets uploaded there is an NFT. We're going to give dibs to the unhoused. And we're going to put value in their stories and their lives to will those to give those people the opportunity and, and, and the optimistic political political metaverse to show that we can even that this tool is so powerful that we're going to take the most unfortunate and we're going to create fortune for them by by seeing the value in their stories. That like sounds like stage. that sounds really good. Um, I'm very passionate about ending homelessness everywhere. So, um, the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, like, I, I, I love your plan, what you have going here. I assume that's not happening now under the current uh, regime. Well, yeah. Well, you know, the, the part, part of my two years that I took to study to become mayor, um, you know, I was really able to look into how, what the process is now. And, uh, there's a lot of lack of cohesion. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's surprising how inefficient it is. Uh, if you look at my Instagram, you'll see some of the stories that I was just talking to some of the unhoused people around Venice, some of the situations that they're in because of what the offerings are right now. But uh, basically, if you end up going in a halfway house, a lot of these people have been raped overnight. They have to be out by 7 a.m. Can you imagine being raped and out by 7 a.m.? You can't leave your stuff there. It's a, it's a very challenging situation, and so the only safe way to do it is to be a lone wolf, because uh, the more you are um, around other people, the higher chance you are to be victimized. You're, you're kind of like the, the prey, and they're the predators. Yeah, and you're left there with your stuff, 
But when you leave, you have to take your stuff with you. Where are you supposed to cart your stuff around to all day? Right, right. So it's a very indignant you know, process. Like, and so are you hard to them. Are you allowed to close your eyes? You know, like because you're afraid to. Like you just right, don't right. know. Exactly. Like you don't exactly. know who so, you're bunking so it's with. A, it's, a, it's one of these things where you know they make it really hard because if, if there's rules in California, like if someone stays in your house for more than 29 days, you can't kick them out. Really? So everyone's like, well, I you can't stay in my place. Because they're, they're, they're legal, they, they, you know, because they have rights as tenants. Okay. Yeah. So um, part of our, part of the mechanism that we're, we're going to create as soon as we get these people cleaned up and we get them feeling better about themselves and we, you know, we let people kind of spend some time with them. You know, a lot of these tiny houses and parking lots, they pay $5,000 a month just for one parking lot. Wow. Right? So, so our plan is to, you know, use a lot less money than that to uh, um, get these people in people's house uh, that they play paddle tennis with because a lot of them are just like normal people who had bad luck. Okay, there's different segments. There's different segments. Okay? But I'm telling you, if you offer someone $5,000 for someone to stay in their house, they'll do it. <laughs> and so uh, it's just a matter of organizing and then creating a process for someone to... There are people who, who you know, there's about 20% of them that are, that are really tough to get to know and the drug addicts and but but there's a huge portion of them who are just like normal people with bad luck mm-hmm. and then i believe that once you get to know them you help them you'll you'll, you'll take the five grand a month to let them live in a room in your house like i said I, I i like your plan uh what you guys are developing um tell me what about um covid19 restrictions in los angeles uh, what uh where do you lay on that well you know Look, my, my father, he's a, he's a physician, you know, I, and I have some good friends who are physicians, and these are, these are discussions that I have with them all the time. You know, I think I think one of the fundamental things here is, I think we've learned, we've learned a lot throughout this pandemic about how to treat one another in retrospect. I'll say it was a difficult thing to handle. It was a difficult thing to handle. But um, ultimately, I think the, the, the insight this relates to freedom of the individual. The insight that I had is, is that, um, you know, I think there's a primal intelligence in all of us that tells us when we know it when we're really in danger or really being disrespectful. Like, so if you ask me, you know, if, if, if I should be have to wear a mask because I'm actually in danger, I would probably laugh. I'm only doing it out of politeness to other people in, in certain contexts, but I don't think anyone's in danger anymore, and I'm surprised that they're, they're they have all these mask mandates still. And I think uh, um, I think uh, our our established governments are losing their credibility because of the the overextension of the uses of policies and procedures, and to make people wear masks, I think it's I think it's, it's, it's losing the credibility as a governing body to 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 impose on people's freedoms beyond what is needed. That's well put. I, uh, I really like that. We, uh, we are still under a mask mandate here in Ontario, at least until, they're saying at least until the end of March, so we'll see what happens then. Um, what about, um, are you guys experiencing anything in terms of uh, any freedom convoys or anything coming from Mexico? Um, I mean, I, you know, the, 
look, my my theory of the, the way wars happen now, it's all in the media, right? War is the media. I mean, look at Rupert Murdoch, these guys from Australia. Look how the Australians think, you know? <laughs> I mean, that guy is yeah. taking over with his with his media empire, and I'm I'm surprised that. Um, are more aware of how we allow this foreigner, this Australian, to to mock our country with his, you know, um, his news that really doesn't, you know. I think we 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 see the hyperbole, we see the games that are happening in the media, and it's not anything that is really critical thinking. I'm a teacher, right? It's it's nothing that we can have a, like a direct discussion about because if we did. It wouldn't be what it is. It's just trickery, and television and uh, money has really taken over um, sort of the priorities in, in journalism. I mean, right now it's the searches are money based. Everything's about money based. So I think when everything's about creating a narrative where the energy flows and the way the narrative is designed, seems like a, a bygone era. And I think we need a new type of uh, management of how money flows and so I'm, I'm really focused on this idea of money minimal uh, money only facilitates the priceless and the priceless is really what we care about money is just a tool to create the priceless and all that is in design and so really I don't think most people care about money they care about being comfortable and happy and doing what they love and uh, the money thing is is, uh, is part of the reason why, you know, and, and we're going to create these rules of ethics, like for instance, in AI, if you let AI art, like some of these NFT art things and some of these metaverses are selling for millions of dollars, as soon as you let AI art be more valuable than human experience art, that's a Terminator 2 timeline. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's all, that's a different reality. So I think we're going to have a group called the Optimistic Mind. It's going to create the rules of community for um, optimistic in a fair manner. And uh, that means it's going to be up for discussion. It's not just going to be me making those rules. It's going to be something that I would have to resign from when I become Los Angeles mayor. And um, I don't, you know, it's because of people like you that I have a bit of a chance. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And I'm curious because. I'm from Toronto, so um, in our municipal system, we have a mayor and then we have city councillors, but there are no party affiliations, so everybody counts for one vote. So theoretically, the mayor could have a big plan, but it gets shot down by by council, and then he can't go through with it. I'm just wondering mm-hmm. if uh, uh, what kind of environment exists in Los Angeles. Right, so Los Angeles people are not into politics. Like they're, 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 a lot of them don't care. A lot of them aren't involved. I mean, just getting my petition signs going up to people, they're like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And usually people who are doing okay, you know, are the ones that don't care. I've actually had to go to the churches in Latino neighborhoods to get my nominations for petition signatures just because of the sort of the ugly attitudes of that I've been encountering just to get petition signed. It's a very challenging thing. But to get back to your question, 
remind me what, what specifically you're asking me about? I'm just wondering how the landscape of the. Uh, uh, um... Okay, so yeah, yeah, so so a lot of people are disinterested in, and and they, the, it's it's they have their own little culture. Uh, right now, there's not too many people who are really aware of what happens in LA city government. A lot of people don't aren't really aware. Like Garcetti is not a visible public figure here. He's not like a leader that inspires anyone. Everyone kind of laughed at him when he said, you know, I don't know if you've heard him say, like, I held my breath when I took off my mask at the Rams game. You know, everyone was kind of laughing about how he excused that and his reaction to it because, because everyone knows that the whole mask thing is, you know, not really all BS. Like, no one really is doing it because they think they're in danger. But here he is pretending like we are. He's not wearing his mask. So I think that people are really fed up, and so uh, the structure to, to create this optimistic metaverse is not uh, is not available. Uh, that's why I created the nonprofit Optimistic because we have to create that structure. It's going to be something that's going to be funded mostly by uh, Bitcoiners. That's uh, that's amazing. And sorry, in terms of like what I meant by the city council, like so how many counselors are there and 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 then there's obviously the seat yeah, there's of mayor 15, 15 sorry there's how 15 there's, 15 there's 15 yeah in los angeles and there's a mayor and uh, no there's no everyone is up for grabs like everyone no everyone's so upset and that, that everything is up for grabs and there's no party affiliations everybody counts for one vote correct right right Wow, uh, that's that's awesome. I'm uh, I, I'm always blown away by politics. Uh, funny story. Um, for the last few years, I've been wanting to run in Toronto for city councilor, but you know, every time election season rolls around, you know, I'm not in a good spot, or I'm not in the I'm not in the district that I want to run for, or it's not the best time. So it's always been one thing or another, but. Politics is something that really, really fascinates me. So, I, I'm, I'm really happy that uh, we got to talk. I'm just wondering. Um, I had a, a little thing that a little uh, um, thing that I wanted to do with you. I wanted to. Uh, I, I got some names of some Canadian politicians, and I just wanted to know if uh, if you knew who they were. Well, you know, I'll be I'll be honest with you. Um... I always admit when I don't know something. Okay, so th that's my strength. <laughs> that's but, a good strength uh, to have. Yeah, actually. I know who Justin Trudeau is. You know. <laughs> what about uh, what about Rob Ford? No. No, Rob Ford. He's uh, he's used to be our mayor. He's uh, he passed away. Um. And then now we have a our current mayor, John Tory. He used to be on the. The board of uh, Rogers um, Rogers Cable, which is up here, and they own the Blue Jays and they own the uh, the Maple Leafs. Okay, you know I, I want to apologize to you because I'm a conceptual person, right? And, and that's my, I know my strengths and I know my weaknesses. And, and these type of trivia things, I tell you, California is the most ignorant people who will beat. <laughs> hey, listen, we're not like the Europe. If, if if the roles were reversed and you started naming names, I probably wouldn't get 
many of them. I know <laughs> I, I could tell I know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, the former governor, but but other than that, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well thank you for making me feel better. So when is election day? Can you tell uh, my listeners when election day is and um you know, where they can vote and stuff, because I do have listeners in California. You know, uh, it's, the primary is on June 7th, 2022, okay? and, and I want to tell you something. This this is why I'm running for mayor, okay? Now, I, I have a, I have a deep belief that, that, um, I, have a, I have this belief that we live in a complex biological simulation. That's my belief. Okay, just and, and I feel like religion is a part of that simulation. You know that we live in this sort of construct, right? And and the reason why I believe that is because I've had a lot of synchronicities that have to do with June seventh, twenty twenty-two, and and so many in fact that uh, uh, you know that it's 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 been kind of almost. It's like I'm, this is a leap of faith for me because, you know, as a candidate, I'm a long shot. I'm a long shot. You know, I used to write ads for Nike. And there's going to be a point where it's going to it's gonna be a Hail Mary pass for me, this thing, right? And so I'm doing this because of these synchronicities that I've had. And, uh, um, and uh, um, it's been, it's, it's, it's a... I'll just say this. I really, my true belief is that we all experience our own path of resonance. We follow our hearts deep down inside. When we, when we follow our hearts, we follow a path. I was an English major, and it's like a literary interpretation of what happens to you. And that's a, your unique journey. And so we experience these concepts in our lives. And it, there's these, like, there's, I see... So like this is the mechanism of the universe, right? And and so in that way, I feel like we're all kind of like this embodiment of of source of, of God, like we're, we're we're God's characters, right? And and so I feel inspired to do this because I'm so worried as a teacher. I've seen firsthand what's happened to the kids. I see their opportunities. I see, I feel truly hurt. By what I see on a daily basis out there, the communities that I go into to teach every day. So this is this is a calling for me. Uh, this is something I'm doing, and I know it's going to lead to many many opportunities for me. But I'm doing it. I'm driven by the love for the children that I teach, and the sadness that I see. That, that they don't, they're not getting the education, they don't have the structure they need in the world to succeed, but we can create that, and if we can do it with the homeless, we can do it with anybody. So I see this as my mission from, from up above, to tell you the truth, just so you know. I, I am a believer in, in, in this concept of, that we are in experience, and this is my role as a Los Angeles mayor is to, to help these communities to help the in-house and to really fight and represent these people with the talents that I've been able to develop as a as an individual, and um, it's my duty to figure out to make it work. <laughs> well, you know what? I like what I hear, and uh, I wish you nothing but luck. And hopefully, you know, you'll you'll break through. Yeah, you'll be able to do this and get yourself in. Uh, 
and maybe you can make a difference for some people. We'll bring, we'll so bring this many... thing stuff. I'm sorry? <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a difference. We're in Canada, you're in the U.S., but, hey, it's politics, and I love talking politics. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, and, and I would encourage you to pursue your political dreams, you know. So, so uh, you know, I'll tell you this. If, uh, my tagline is if, if, if I can win, you can win. You know, have you guys seen my website yet? LosAngelesMayorCandidate.com I was going to check that out, but I, I ran out of time before the interview. Check it, check it out. Check it out. I would love for you to check it out because this is my uh, yellow bit road journey, right? And, and you guys are the characters I'm meeting on my, on my journey here. And so I appreciate you taking the time and you know, spreading the word, getting it out there. And, and uh, I'm going to need all the help international help because let's face it you know to, to go to go viral that's what i'm gonna need and the viralness doesn't come from los angeles it comes it can come from anybody in the world right so anything, anything you can do throw my way throw me a bone <laughs> thank you so much and thank you thank you for coming on here i really appreciate it all right well thank you guys thank you so much all right here all right bye-bye all right bye-bye Guys, that was uh, the candidate mayor, Luis de Barracua, and uh, he's running for mayor of Los Angeles for 2022. Guys, get out and vote. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. So until next time, you're listening to This Time in History. I'm Matthew, and he's Stephen. Peace out. (laughs) 